called Don't Waver. And it has everything to do with our theme of the year. It's called, it's called Hold Fast. And this month, it's our challenge is not to waver. And to find out why we waver and why we have such a hard time. But this morning, I'm going to talk about uh, not to waver and to choose who you will serve. Who will you serve? That is the key about today's message. Who will you serve? At the end of the day, we're serving something, beloved. A non-choice is serving something. And so may God just give you the ears to hear and the anointing to take a choice and to make a stand today, because this is what it's all about. I want to also welcome all those that are new to us today. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to see me or my husband, Pastor Glenn, uh, because he is right in the back. We have our ushers as well. Uh, We want to thank you for coming to visit. Uh, For those online, thank you, and may God bless you as you listen. But before we start, I want you to open your Bibles to Joshua 24. Joshua 24, and let me pray before we start. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that I know already the enemy did not want this message to come through. And we've had one thing after the other since the beginning of this morning, God, just one heartache and one hiccup. But God, we press through knowing that you are much bigger, that we are standing on holy grounds today. We realize, Lord, that there is nothing impossible to those who believe, and we are such a people that believe that you are stronger, and you are mightier, and powerful and almighty. And we thank you, Jesus, that you're about to do something in our midst. You're about to do something in those who are hearing this message. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would cover them and and surround them with your presence, Lord, and that you would give them the strength and the grace to hear and to make a choice and to follow through on that choice. God, I thank you so much. I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and true to who you are, and you will always be, because that's just who you are. You are forever the same, yesterday, today, and forever. And God, we can bank on you. We can put all of our hope, our confident expectation upon you this day. And I ask, Lord, just for a move from heaven. God, I cannot do this without you, Holy Spirit. I ask you to go before me, strengthen me as I do this, and give me the words to speak. In Jesus' name, I pray. The series is... uh, Again, very, very special and uh, close to my heart. I do believe that God has something for all of us this day. At any time that the Word of God is open, we are privileged to actually get a word that might actually shift us from one place to another. Isn't that great? I don't know about you, but if you came here hopeless, I have a word for you. (laughs) If you know God, you are not hopeless. If you have only known him but not had a relationship, you're still not hopeless. I believe that God has something specific just for you today. And so the whole message is hold fast, don't waver, part three. And the question is, whom will you serve? Whom will you serve? This all comes from Joshua 24, 15, which is the first part where it says, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. This, the whole idea comes from the book of Joshua, which we'll break down in a bit, in about two minutes. But in order for us to hold fast, we need to make a decision this year. 
We need to know and we need to find out who are we serving at this particular moment. Times of uncertainty are before us. We are facing tremendous trials. All of us, if you have a story to tell, if I would ask you to stand up, you would tell me of your trials and your responsibility and the burdens that you carry. And at every moment of the day, we are at a crossroads to choose whom we will follow in these times of fear and these times of of difficulties. Now, before you go there, can you just flick it off for a minute? Because I know you guys are just going to read it before I uh, continue. But Neil Anderson says this, because it's important that you understand why you serve the thing you serve today. I go thing or what or who, I'm going to tell you. Neil Anderson says what we believe determines how we respond and whom we will serve. What you believe will determine how you respond to your trials, your circumstances, your fears, your uncertainties, and it will actually reveal who you serve. So we are at, we, I call them crossroad moments. And here, now the next slide, thank you. The next slide is whom will you serve? Choose you who you will serve. Now, either you believe in God, you see this man, he's at a crossroads. And that's what a crossroads means. It's, it's a point of decision. We have those maybe sometimes 10,000 times in one day where we have to make a choice when we're faced with a decision, with a crisis, whom will we believe? Believing God and trusting him and his promises because that's what hold fast is all about? Or do we believe and trust ourselves in our own ways? Now you understand, at this crossroads you have to make a choice. Many of us are on the sidelines and we are stagnant. But in doing that, you made a choice. You made a choice not to believe. And therefore, you're right there at that crossroads. So we need to, if we don't make, if we don't know, if we don't know who we're serving, who we're holding fast to, we need to check if you're going forward or you're going backwards in your walk. In your life, are you going forward or are you going backwards? Whatever it is for you reveals whom you are serving. Because my God never will bring you backwards. He will always bring you forward. Because his will is to see you grow and mature in the knowledge and the grace of his son. There is no way that you could stay where you are and say this is God's will for you. Oh, no, no, no. God has wanted you to move forward. He wants you to move forward and not backwards. And so if you're moving backwards and you're stuck in mud and that miry clay, I'm here to tell you that you are not really believing God. Trust me, I've been there. I've been there. So remember what we said about what hold fast means. It's a picture of remaining tightly secured to continue to firmly believe despite our circumstances, to cling to the promises based on God's nature and character. This is what we see. And not to waver on that thought. The idea behind old fast is further illustrated by an article I just, call, I just read about plant life, which you're going to find it pretty cool. Are you ready? It's going to take me about an hour and a half to read the article. Ah, it's not true. So I'm going to break it down. This article talked about a plant life where plants who hold fast onto objects like rocks 
You see it? He's not, it's not planted into the sand or the earth or whatever. It holds fast to a rock-like substance. Their root system is called this, a hold fast. It's a hold fast root system. Many people associate these hold fast root system as seaweed. Some of them, we know seaweed. Have you ever, I had my, my brothers who shot me into the river and, and I just remember it. That's why I hate swimming where there's weeds. But these weeds, if you were to pull them off their root system, off the rock, you'd never be able to. You'd literally have to rip apart the seaweed and even at best, you'd never be able to take the roots off the rock. What a wonderful root system. And this is how we need to be. We need to be so hold, we need to hold fast to God and not to waver when faced with these crossroads in our life. Because we all have crisis of belief. That means we come to a place where we are faced with, do I believe that God can do this for me? Can he provide for me? Or do I believe that I'm going to go to myself in order to do this? And every time we do that, you will see either you're going forward or you're going backwards. And so this whole fast root system really meant a whole lot to me because if we understood this and we held on to God and his truth, his promises, and how faithful he is, let me tell you, nobody will be able to pull you off the rock. So what does it look like to hold fast and serve God without wavering? I believe we can see a wonderful illustration of this in the life of Joshua. The book of Joshua is a story of God leading his people into the promised land. And for people who don't know, you need to understand, these people were captives for 400 years in Egypt. And God calls the, the leader Moses to bring them out. And this is the book of Exodus. And this is what that story is all about. And we see God's might. We see God's provision. We see God, you know, building a nation. We see God de God's deliverance. But here we come to the side of they're ready to go into the promised land, which was given to them hundreds of years before a word was given to Abraham that I'm going to make a nation out of you and that you will, I will bring you to a land of milk and honey. And so we're seeing this promise coming true. So here, all of those who don't know who Joshua was, Moses, he was Moses' servant. That means he's been there since Egypt. He was born in Egypt. And then he went along, and you'll see him spoken in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. We see him little by little. We don't really recognize who he is until the book of Joshua, until the end, actually, where we know that Moses is is actually dying. Jo jo uh, Joshua takes over for Moses as leader. And not only that, he actually is a general. That's his title. And he fights the Lord's battle. This man was so strong and steadfast in whom he believed. He had a strong faith, which was the main reason he was so successful. You see, sometimes we bank on our giftings and our talents in order to try to be successful in this life. And we come to an end of that, don't we? That resource really comes to an end. But when Joshua, he knew his strength came from God. He, he had a God-honoring spirit that caused him to remain strong right up to the end of his life.
See, the book of Joshua is divided into sections, and the first chapter to the 12th chapter covers the invasions and the conquering. God says at the beginning, every, every place you put your foot, I will give you that land. I, I'm telling you, just God just guided him. You need to remember, Joshua didn't have the indwelling spirit. In those particular times, the spirit would come over an individual for the task that God had called them. He would send messengers, angels, and so on and so forth, visions and and dreams to individuals, but they didn't have what we have in the New Testament. They didn't have the indwelling spirit of God in us. So here Joshua knew that God had predicted and he had promised that this is what he would do. And so the first 12 books is the invasion and the conquering. The 13th to the 22nd chapter is the division of territories. I mean, the tribes had their own territory, their own place to live out. And then we come to the end of the book of Joshua, chapter 23 and 24, which they call this Joshua's fair farewell speech. He's about to die. And what you don't understand is that if you don't see the significance of this man, you know he was in his 90s bringing these people into the promised land. For all of us who are old and you're kind of wrinkly and all these things, God is not finished with you. He was not finished with Joshua. He's not finished with you. It's so amazing how we do embrace this thought, oh, I've done what I needed to do for God. Now I'm just going to settle back. You show me where that is in Scripture. I am telling you, just this book of Joshua, you see Caleb, you see all of these men that stood up and stayed strong to the end. And this is what we want to see in Joshua's life. So we know one verse that is really a, a big verse in the Christian realm. It's, it's, we hear it. It's a wonderful proclamation. Joshua says in Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Do you remember that? A lot of people say that, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. But let's just go and see what he says in verse 14 and 15, because this is the last chapter. This is the chapter before he's leaving these people. He has led them. He was with them in Mount Zion with the, the last generation. He saw the Ten Commandments given. He, he, was, he was part of the wanderings, but he actually was promised that he was entering in. Now he's bringing in the next generation. And it is amazing. This is what he says to them. Then Joshua said to the people, Now respect the Lord. This is verse 14. And serve him fully and sincerely. Throw away the gods that your ancestors worshipped on the side of the Euphrates River. And in Egypt, serve the Lord. But if you don't want to serve the Lord, you must choose for yourself today whom you will serve. You may serve the gods that your ancestors worshipped when they lived on the other side of the river. Or you may serve the gods of the Amorites who lived in this land who lived in this land. As for me, though, this is what he's saying, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So no matter what his circumstances, he would complete the good work that God had given him. He would complete it and he would stay true and he would hold fast to the promises of God. You see, the nation was still, they still struggle with their unbelief, but God had given a word that he would fulfill it. He would fulfill his promise, and that's what Joshua stayed. His crossroads, every time that he was faced with this, he chose God. He chose God's love for the people. He chose his promises. So what is it that caused him to hold fast? 
right up to the end. Despite his responsibility, despite his personal struggles, he trusted that God would keep his word. If you want to know how you're going to do in your crossroad moments, you need to ask yourself, do you trust that God will keep his word? And then you need to see how you are responding in that moment. So what did God promise Joshua? Let me read it to you. Joshua 5 says, no one will be able, this is what he tells Joshua, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Because of God, he had a sure victory. So he went into not knowing. There was no roadmaps, beloved. God didn't show him ahead of time what needed to be done. He gave him a word. He said, I will be with you like I was with Moses. And nothing will stand up against you. And so he knew that he had a sure victory, a safe guide. He knew that he was going to have the presence that he needed and the sustaining power. And he also believed that because God's great love over his people, he would never deny his people. And because of all that, in his crossroad moments, Joshua served God. Isn't it amazing that today we have all of this? We have a sure victory, a safe guide, his presence, sustaining power. But when it comes to our crossroads, we choose self over God. And then we wonder why the end result is always the same. Now, Joshua, he says to Joshua in verse 1 6, he says, Be strong. And courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. So what is he asking? Is he asking him to be strong in his own strength and trying harder to bring these people in? No. He says, I want you to be strong in what I swore, what I promised. It was simple for Joshua. God told him to be brave. God told him to trust him. Joshua obeyed, and the rest is history. Wouldn't that be cool if that was what was on our tombstone? Mona was brave. Mona trusted him. Mona obeyed him, and the rest is history. We understand that there is a decision to be made. Whom will you serve? Austin Sparks says this, The real battle of faith is joined here. Not what we are, but what he is. Let me say that again. Not what we are or do, but what he is. Not what we feel, but what his facts are all about. We need to remember that holding fast to truth is a decision. Serving truth over lies, over falsehood, over disbelief, over ourself and our fears is actually gives us the freedom that we need. But we always have a choice in our crossroad moments. Will I hold fast to truth that God can keep me, that God could provide, God can guide me through this, God could protect? Or do I hold fast to my own fears and move and respond by those fears? 
And unfortunately, beloved, you're going to see that in this man's life, not only did his choice to obey affected him, but it affected others as well. I've said it from this pulpit so many times. If you think your decisions are all about you, uh-uh, they are going to affect and it's going to have a ripple effect on everybody. And that is why Chip Ingram says, make sure you obey because the cost of your disobedience to following something else other than God is so much greater. Now, don't let condemnation come and get you today. Don't let the sense of being heavy and pushed upon by the enemy because this message ends well. It ends well. But we all have a choice here today. We have a choice. Joshua understood this. And this is why he could hold fast. He had that hold fast root system going on. He understood no matter what he faced, he was like the whole fast system, as I said. Nothing could unravel his faith. He believed that God was faithful to his promises, and God had given him a word. You see, when we are being given a word, do you believe that the word was given to you for nothing? See, at that very moment that we are given a word, when God opens up his heart to you, when he demonstrates something to you, you had a crossroads. Either to believe and hold on fast to truth and serve and obey and follow or believe and hold fast to your fears and lies and serve and obey and follow because whoever you bow down to is the one that you serve. I don't care if you think, oh, no, 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 I don't serve my fear. Yes, you do. Oh, no, 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 I don't serve the lies of the enemy. Yes, you do. Because if you're going backwards and you're not going forward, then you are serving something else other than God. Because God never brings you backwards. He brings you forward. Because of this word, he resolved to serve and follow the one true God right up to the end. And because of his stand, his deliberate choice to believe and trust God, beloved, he made mistakes too. Because in one of the areas, he forgot to inquire about God. He makes this awful mistake with the Gibeonites. But do you know you never see him do it again? So it's not like he was perfect. He made mistakes. He failed. But he learned from those mistakes. And in those crossroads of mistakes, he turned and held fast to the truth that God was with him. And we need to do the same. So he held on and followed God. And this is what we see in Joshua 24, 23, 29, and 31. It says here, Now then, said Joshua, Throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. Verse 29. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. Israel, this is what I want you to see. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. Did you hear that? See, this proves to you my comment that your choices do matter. Whom you serve does matter. What you follow does matter. When God calls you to stand for truth, to stand for what is right, Beloved, he's not sending you alone. 
You have the very presence of God in you. You have the God's nature which is predisposed to recognize his voice and to do his will. He's giving you the power to break down all strongholds and captivities in your life. I.e. called fears and the uncertainty and the worries that so get us. The intimidation that comes in. God says, I will do this. But you have to choose whom you will follow. Who and what will you hold fast to? Just like Joshua, we must trust that God will keep his word. Let me show you why. Numbers 23, 19 says this. You want to have a little bit more idea of why you need to choose to follow and serve God? God says in Numbers 23, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? All we have to do is just read the Old Testament, the stories of how God kept the saints of old. All you have to do is remember where you came from and where you could have ended it up if God had not snatched you out of that darkness. We tend to forget. We were serving someone else when we said no to God all those years. But when we said yes to his son, then something changed. But today we still have a choice. We have the next one is that uh, James 1.17 in the New Testament, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Why can we count on the Lord? Because there is no variation in him. You see, when we cast our confidence in man or women, there's variations in them. They get up and they go down. Happy one moment, unhappy the next. Content one moment, uncontent another. Loving one moment, hateful another. There's great variations. But with God, there is none. He is love. He is faithful. He is good. He is forgiving. He is merciful. He is compassion. He is slow to anger. He is who he says he is. The God of Israel had made himself known to Joshua through different measures, different means. And he will provide, and he has already provided for us through his son, Jesus, all that we need to live out that life. But we must choose his path and his ways over what we feel. At every crossroad in crisis, Joshua chose who he would serve and he would follow through with his obedience. You see, it's one thing to say, yes, God, I choose you. But if you're not following through in obedience, beloved, you're still serving yourself. And when you serve yourself, you will see in a few minutes where that comes. He believed God, he believed his character, and he believed that God was true to his nature. His journey was not an overnight thing because we think he just got there overnight. No, it was a journey of holding fast to the facts, to the promises. You see, remember he went through Egypt, Mount Sinai, the wilderness. He saw the spies. He was part of the spies. He saw everything through the eyes of faith. What you believe today determines how you respond and who you are serving at this very moment. What you believe will either keep you holding fast to the one true God and his promises or keeping you holding fast to the lies and the fear and the accusations of the enemy. 
which always pushes you to self-ability. You will go to yourself to try to figure it out. The scripture says that Satan comes in John 10.10 as a thief. He comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. When you see this, push the space bar. When you see this, God will give you life. He will give you freedom and transformation. And that is why he pushes you forward. He never pushes you back. He never keeps you down. He never keeps you stagnant. No, no, no. Even if he exposes certain things in your life, it is for your good. Because he loves you. He's not against you. He's for you. And when he exposes all this, this conviction power, it's because he's going to gird it all with grace. He's going to gird it with love and forgiveness. Because he wants us to make a choice. Make that choice. He says, so who, who are we going to let? And the next side of it, it says here, Satan will, will still kill and destroy and push you into self-seeking and self-ability. How many times when we're stuck at a crossroads, that moment, that crisis, the trial, the difficulties, we are right here where this man is. And we have two choices. How many times that we serve the wrong side? And then, there are times we even actually point the finger to God and say, but God. And God said, no, Mona, at your moment, at that crossroad, instead of believing my truth, you believe the lie because an event. You believe the accusations and the mocking and the ridicule of the enemy. And because of it, he's made you ineffective. You are my child. I'm asking you, serve me and follow me. Don't serve the voice of the enemy. We need to recognize who is speaking to us. If what you heard has brought you backwards, then I need to tell you, you're not listening to the voice of God because that is not his will for you. Fear keeps most of God's children from believing. But not only that, when you're in that path and you're serving your fear, you will develop patterns of unbelief that keep you captive to those very fears. David Wilkerson says, your choices will determine the course of your remaining years. Today, your choice will determine the course of your remaining days. Fear is also why so many run from Jesus and don't serve him. John 5, 24 says this, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I crossed over from death to life. But every day in my crossroad moments, I have a choice whom I will serve. Before Christ, I had no choice. I was always on the wrong side. No matter how much I was doing and no matter how much I succeeded in life, I was still on the wrong side. And it would have brought me down a path. And that path would have been always the end, destruction and death and eternal separation from God. But when I said yes and I believed the truth, and I, I knew that I was no longer condemned and I crossed over from death to life. Now I have life. But today in my cross moments, I do have a choice who I will serve. Isn't that sad? Now I can always serve the living God and benefit from it. 
Do you believe that the enemy of your soul can use everything and anything that he can to destroy you and the ones you love? Do you believe it today? There comes a time in all of our lives when God reveals the enemy's lies, his tactics. tactics that's, that's what he uses to keep you from experiencing the power. If you cross over to life and you're not experiencing power, I can tell you you're serving something else. It's not rocket science, is it? It's pretty simple to understand, isn't it? Uh, is that clear what I'm saying today? You see, we are longing for freedom. We're longing for power and sustaining the ability to do the unthinkable. And we have it, beloved. But it's because we always serve the wrong things. At our cross moments, we are listening to the voice of the enemy, and he pushes us right into self-ability, self-seeking. God says, no, don't. Go towards my life, my promises. We need to make a choice who we will serve and follow. The enemy uses small events, situations, to remind us of our mistakes, and he will use our vulnerabilities. Has he ever done it? Oh, can write a book how many times I was duped and then actually followed the wrong thing we're not immune to it beloved but that's why belief is so important what you believe will determine whom you will follow I know that the enemy does use these things and he uses it against us have you failed lately have you made mistakes have you seen the regret and the shame that you knew you should have done something, but you didn't, you keep on not doing it, and the enemy comes with his accusations and the heaviness and the hopelessness and says, you will never move from this area. When God's already called you, stand, beloved, in the freedom that I've given you in Christ. But yet, because we don't know this truth, we keep on holding on to the accusations and the mockery, and God and the enemy always reminds us of what we have done. But do you know, according to Isaiah 43, that God says, your sins and transgressions, I will not remember them. Why? Because of what Jesus said. I will forgive you of everything. But isn't it amazing that in our moments, our crossroad moments, all we hear and remember are the things we are not doing well. The enemy does that, not God. He says, I will shoot them into the sea of forgetfulness. I will not remember them because I love you. We need to make a choice. As we face these moments, we must be careful which voice we hear and follow. If what you hear doesn't bring you forward but backwards, then it's the voice of the enemy. So how do I know this? How do I know that he loves me? First John 4 says, God is love. Repeat after me. God is love. When you love someone, do you purposely drag them backwards? Of course not. Love is who he is, what he invites you and I to experience. Have you ever experienced dark days filled with regret, guilt, which hangs over your head. It shows up at any time in particular. It causes you to waver. And I think at that moment, 
we forget God's love. Even when God exposes our sin and our failures, he never brings condemnation or guilt by continually reminding us of what we've done. So if you've been reminded over and over and over again how much you don't measure up, you've been listening to the wrong voice because my father would never speak to me like this. He loves me. God wants to heal you and restore you here this morning. He wants to bring forgiveness. He wants you to understand that he longingly wants to lead you into his grace. He wants to bring you forward. And when you realize this truth, this truth can help you distinguish the voice that you've been listening to. The one that keeps that heaviness and that discouragement and despair just at the, you, do you feel it? Sometimes it's just nipping at your ear and every moment there's that sense of, I don't know if I'm going to make it today. I'm talking about people who know God. People who don't know God, they have no hope. But we have hope. When we have Jesus, we have everything. But when we are at our crossroads, we have not believed well, beloved. And because of it, we let the voice of the enemy come in and dictate and define our end. There is a choice to be made today. In these moments of revelation, when God exposes these things, he wants to stir you down the path of grace. The enemy wants to crush you. The Lord wants to lift you. Hallelujah. You'll know the Spirit is speaking to you personally about your sin when the feeling you get is not despair, but a fresh desire to do it well, a fresh desire for holiness to make it right. You'll know when it's God, when he's calling you back to his side, not tossing you out like yesterday's garbage, because God doesn't do that. You'll know because he tells you, Mona, you cannot do this by yourself. And every time you serve yourself, that's exactly what you're saying to me. God, I don't believe you. I want to end with this. Bob Sergi says this. The purpose of the voice of condemnation is to push you away from his presence right into self-ability and embracing your lies. But the purpose of the voice of conviction is to press you into his presence where you find the very source of your victory. So today, in all of your moments last week, your moments of crisis, your moments of fear, uncertainty, your moments of burdens and responsibility, what did you do? Have you held fast to the truth? Because when you do, my Bible tells me if I continue to serve and to follow and to obey, the end result will always be freedom, victory, rest. Thank you. And peace. But if I hold fast to my self-ability, I'm going to try to figure it out, rationalize it. And if I hold fast to the lies, I'll never make it. I'll never change because the Word of God doesn't say that. But the enemy's voice does. You will stay defeated, frustrated, and discouraged. So what side will you find yourself? I want to leave you I'm fighting to finish this message. 
There's so many, those that I lead here today. Because you don't believe, you're always serving something that leaves you going backwards all the time. Some of you are so fixed in that mindset that discouragement is your plow. Unbelief is always forever the things that you are dealing with. And you always get pushed into self-ability and self-seeking. You serve the wrong things. I don't know about you, but I watch this and those that I love, and it, it comes to get me in ways that I can't explain. Because this is not what it was supposed to be like. We were not supposed to deal with this 24-7. We are to live a life, extraordinary, overcomers, victorious. Do we have our moments? You bet we do. But when we are at our crossroads, our moments, we usually choose well whom we serve based on the facts. God is God final. But do you know the story of John 8 with the adulterous woman? Do you know that story? She gets dragged in into the temple for several reasons. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, drag her in to expose her, embarrass her, and bring shame to her. But also they were plotting to get Jesus. But here he, they drag her in, and we know according to the law of Moses that she's supposed to be stoned to death. Her punishment is death. Stoner. And so they drag her to Jesus. And there is no hope for her. She's deemed vile and defeated. No one fought for her that day. He brought her, they brought her, her to him. Jesus said nothing but written on the road. And we didn't know, but at one point or another, he stands up, he looks to the crowd and he says, who among you have never sinned? Cast the first stone. None of them were qualified, beloved. And they knew it. From the old to the young, they started dissipating, clinging away because they could not cast the stone because they knew they were under judgment themselves. The only one who had the right to call her out and to take her life was the one who was speaking. He knew this woman, beloved. He knew what she had done. He knew what she had embraced. I want you to hear this. He knew her personally. But even knowing her like he did, he did not throw the stone. Do you understand that how many times have we read this story and not got this whole idea? She merited death, beloved. He could have shot the stone and he did not. If he didn't shoot the stone then, he's not shooting the stone to you today. And so many of us, we live in our regret, we live in our failures, we live in our mistakes, and we think God is casting the stone to us. And he said, if Jesus didn't do it then, he is not doing it to you. So if you're feeling that something is getting cast to your side, it's the enemy doing it. And this truth tells you that you must stand now, and you must serve the living God and him only when it comes to your lies. You must displace truth, displace lies with truth. All of you have been exposed in one way, shape, or form of what you believed. And many of us 
Instead of continuing and persisting in truth, we have chosen the self-life. We have chosen to be fixed on the lies and the fears. Beloved, there's a time you have to choose who will you serve. The character of God will come shining through when he speaks to you. If it doesn't, it's not his voice. This is, uh, go to, um, oh, this is great. This is the choice that we have. The character of God will come shining through when he speaks. So even when you're exposed, he's going to speak, but his character will shine through. If you don't see God in it, then it's not his voice. Hold fast to truth. He doesn't throw the stone. It is time, beloved, that you receive the forgiveness, the cleansing, just the purification you need from God. If you are his child today, he's telling you, draw the line. Stop going backwards. You choose to go forward with me. You choose believing that I've already made, made a way out for you. Then the other one says, don't let the lies and your unbelief push you into the self-ability. If you are always struggling with this, then, beloved, you have served the wrong thing. And I want to finish with this. Are you at a crossroad today? Are you hearing him clearly this morning? Because it is a matter of life and death, not only for you, but for those that who are under you. We need to choose whom we will follow. And by doing that, we need to draw to him. We need to be eager to obey what he's saying. Because he is not against you, he is for you. If you're at a crossroads, you need to choose truth over your lies. And you need to be adamant. You need to be steadfast. You need to, be, you need to have that whole fast root system going. And the only way that I know that, how to do that, is displacing the lies with truth. And I want to finish. I want you to stand for me today. And he finishes off by telling us this today. First, Joshua 1, 7, 9, I should say. Have I not commanded you to be strong, not to be afraid, not to be discouraged? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Do you believe it? If you're going backwards, you don't. If you're not experiencing power or change in certain areas, then you need to decide whom you will follow. God is calling you all home, calling you to serve him, to follow him. And he said, when you do, you will experience what you long for. Who needs freedom? Who needs a greater ability to forgive, to love, to be all that God is asking you to do? Who needs the ability to let go and to receive the forgiveness here today? See, God has already known, and he's not shooting the stone, but he's asking you, would you serve me? Will you follow me? And when you do, you will experience the very thing that he says in his word, victory. Victory is yours by faith, believing that God is who he says he is. You come up quickly to the altar. 
and you say, God, I'm here and I'm choosing you. Help me to follow through with what I heard today. That's where it starts. You need to follow through now. You've heard truth. We all have a choice here today. Some of you have not served the Lord and you have served yourself and you realize, whoa, this is what I'm missing. I need this Jesus thing. He's the one that's going to give me life and he's going to give me power to change. Some of you, you have known this, but you have never made him Lord. And because of that, you have a powerless Christianity. God says, I want to change that because I need to teach you how to serve me and follow me. You will never be disappointed in God because he's not one that lies. If he said it, therefore he will do it. Choose you this day whom you will follow. Amen.